Hi, welcome to the Dad of a Dozen podcast, and here's your host, Doug H. Hey, thanks, Abigail, for the introduction. I appreciate it. Hey, and to you, thanks for joining me today. This episode is part two, that's right, two of Dating, Driving, Dishes, and discipline. Whew, a lot of D's there, but that's good. Last time I was only able to get to the, the dating and driving part. So today I wanted to tackle dishes and discipline. So let's get started. When I say dishes, I really mean household chores. And I believe, and my wife believes, that chores are an important part of raising kids because one, it teaches them responsibility. The kids are responsible for taking care of an area of the house and they are accountable to us for the cleanliness of that area. They have to make sure that their zone is clean and they can take some pride in their work so when they get done cleaning that area of the house they can look at it and say you know I did a good job and I'm making my mom and dad happy and this is my little zone and it gives, gives them some responsibility because I think kids need some responsibility in their lives and not just feel free to do whatever they want so this helps them in that area and I think this is one reason why our kids are such good workers when they get jobs because they're already used to working at home so it's no big deal to do it outside the home it's our job as parents to teach and train our kids to get a job but also to hold a job and I believe by giving them a chore in the home you're doing that you're setting the groundwork for their work ethic and so my advice to you is if you don't already assign chores for your children I would highly suggest that you start doing it as soon as possible today even would be a good time to start just give them some responsibility just something just have them sweep the floor or vacuum the, the carpets, something. But it teaches them responsibility. And second, it's just something that you do as a family. You know, it's not mom or dad's responsibility to clean up after the kids all day long, right? Obviously, if they're toddlers, it's, it's going to be a different story. But the, the kids have to realize that it's just not about them because kids have that mentality that everything is about them and their enjoyment but when you assign a chore it's also for the betterment of the entire house and the family we all get to enjoy our home when it's clean and we all have a part to play in this home that we live in so but you need to teach them as soon as possible that if they play with a toy or they make a mess that they've got to clean it up that they don't just leave it on the floor for for mom or for dad to pick it up. Or if they take out a dish that and they use it and it's dirty, it needs to go in the dishwasher. Because they don't have a maid that lives here. Mom's not the maid. Dad's not the maid. They need to put their own stuff away. So they have to learn at an early age that if they take something out, they need to put it away. And we have a, a house rule that we have set up in our home and it says if you take something out you put it away and I will talk about our house rules in a bit when I get to the discipline section of of this podcast but yeah we do we have house rules and I think it's great because it gives them uh, guidelines and so 
chores are, are wonderful. Teachers are responsibility, and they do it because they're part of the family. It's just, it's just not one person's job. It takes the whole family to make sure that the house is clean. And so what we do, we've, we assign um, age-appropriate jobs. Obviously, I'm not going to let my five-year-old go and, and mow the grass. That's just not right. You know, what would probably happen is, one, he, he couldn't start it. That pull cord's pretty hard, so I don't believe he'd be able to start it and probably end up cutting his foot off by slipping and sliding and getting his foot or finger cut, cut off. So you wouldn't give your five-year-old the job of mowing the grass. So that job would go to the older boys in my family. And I've always thought that, you know, the outside jobs, like the mowing the grass or edging or raking, anything that has to do with the outside of the home, that's, that's the boy's job or the man's job. Usually, usually, the ladies are the ones that are inside taking care of the house. Not to say that men shouldn't sweep or mop or clean the toilet or do dishes. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that the responsibility for outside the home, the yard and whatnot, should be the guy's responsibility. So my boys, they do all the, the outside lawn work if I allow them to do it. But So that's what we do, age-appropriate jobs, and every one of our kids has something to do. And the way that we keep track of who does what chore we have this cool chore wheel, and it's in the shape of a circle, like a wheel. And on the outside circle, it has all the kids' names. And then there's a second smaller wheel or circle that is placed over the first one. And on that, it lists all the chores that each kid is responsible for. And so we also use it when, when a zone's not cleaned, so we know who to get to have them clean it. Because, you know, we, f we forget who does what zones all the time. We're just busy people, so we don't know who's doing a zone. So if we see a zone that's, that's not clean, hey, who's, who's responsible for that this month? So we look on it, and it tells us who it is. So, hey, Abby, get over here. It's your job to do the bathrooms this month, so why aren't they clean? So we use it for that, that purpose as well. But the wheel spins monthly so that the kids don't get tired and, and bored doing the same chore all the time. Because, you know, there's nothing more boring than doing the same thing over and over. Is there? You do the same thing every single day. What a yawner, huh? But anyway, the lists, the list includes some of these areas. So one, the zone that the kid's responsible for. And what I mean by a zone is we've, we've taken our house and we've chopped it into certain different sections and basically basically that's the major areas of the home such as your living room your dining room bathroom etc and so basically what you're doing is you're making sure that everything is picked up in that zone and this gets implemented when you need your house picked up quickly and what I mean by that is you receive a call from Aunt Betty and she wants to stop by for a visit and you're looking at your house and you're going, holy moly, she's going to be there in about 15 minutes. And you're going, good grief, my house is destroyed. It looks like a tornado ripped through here. So then what, what my wife does is she rings the bell. We have a bell. And so she rings it and all the kids come running. Because every time our kids hear the bell or my whistle, they come running. And they line up and they say, what's up? So then we say, hey, Aunt Betty's coming over, zones. And as soon as we say the word zones, they know exactly where to go and what to do. 
and then mom and I have our own zones that we we also clean up and then we go around and inspect it and make sure that it's the way that we want it done and when it's done we say cool way to go guys and now again everybody in the house is going to work together to clean it so that way when our company shows up we have a clean home because remember we all live in that place we all have a responsibility to take care of part of our home okay so that's the zones the next thing on the wheel is the weekly chore and we have chores that are done weekly and they're done usually two to three times a week and that's such like vacuuming the rugs or doing the bathroom sinks or the toilets so that's on there as well the weekly chore and then we have an after dinner chore which is done nightly so that would be things such as clearing the table drying the dishes putting them away so the wife does the dishes every night all the big dishes she does those dishes you know i've i've tried to ask her i said hey hon why don't you just let me do the dishes sometimes just you know you take a break you do a lot of work around the house so let me just do the dishes so that way you don't have to be on your feet longer than you need to be and you know she keeps telling me i don't want you doing my dishes i would rather do the dishes myself because i like to do them and so she does the dishes every night and then one of our children will dry them and then another one will put them away but the, we have an after dinner chore too as well so after dinner chore and then we have extra chores when needed such as the garbage we have the garbage it goes from the garage on their pickup days so it goes from the garage out to the street and then when it's done they bring it back into the the garage recycling we have a recycle bin uh, next to our garbage so when that gets filled up we have someone go take the recycle out to the main recycle uh, bin in our garage and then we also compost so every night before my wife does the dishes she says compost and one kid is assigned to the compost and he takes it from inside the house to our compost bucket and he brings back the the dish so my wife can clean it so that's kind of what we have on our on our wheel you guys can make your wheel however you want it but that's what we do and that's how we've done it for oh boy last 20 years so again assigning chores is a wonderful wonderful thing for children but you know in our family we also have a, a morning routine a morning routine and that includes this is what we do when I wake them up I wake them up every morning about 715 and so when they wake up the first thing they need to do is make their bed that's number one make their bed because mom and I make our bed every morning when we wake up as well before we come downstairs or in our case the last one out of the bed so if I get up first then she usually makes the bed because she's the last one in it but anyway the kids are supposed to make their bed and then they're supposed to clean their floor whatever's on their floor they're gonna clean up and usually it's their shoes and their clothes from the night before then they need to change their clothes they need to brush their hair and their teeth and then they can go downstairs and then they can eat breakfast and then all of this is done prior to Bible and school so they have a morning chore every single morning this is what they do now when it comes to laundry you're probably thinking now you guys must have a whole bunch of laundry well some days we do some days my wife gets stressed out about the laundry but 
My wife does laundry three times a week. It's usually Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so what mom will do is she'll wash all the clothes. I think I've said this before, but I'm going to reiterate it because if you haven't heard the, the past podcasts, mom will wash and she'll dry all the clothes. And each kid is responsible for folding and putting away their own clothes. I say responsible for folding because some of our kids don't fold them. Carter, who's seven, he doesn't really fold. He just shoves. And he has a drawer for his pants and he has a drawer for his shirts. But I'm pretty sure they're not folded. But anyway, they're supposed to fold them and put them away into their, in their own drawers. Mom doesn't touch them. So that, the, the kids are responsible for that. If they don't have any clothes to wear, it's not mom's problem. It's their problem. And we'll make sure they have clothes, but they have to put it all away. And, you know, sometimes I even have to put my own clothes away every now and then. You know, I have to set the example for the kids. So don't let the wife just do it all the time. But <clears throat> I do it sometimes as well. But anyway, so that's when it comes to laundry. And just on the side note here, you know that phrase, you're fired? which President Trump used on the show Apprentice. Well, you know, he stole that from my wife because when our kids were, were little, and obviously she was joking when she said this, and they didn't do their, their chore in a timely manner, she'd always say, you're fired. So, hey, President Trump, you stole that from my wife, so come on, stop using it because it's ours. But anyway, when, um, and while I'm on the subject of dishes, we give our kids one plate, one bowl, and one cup. And you're probably saying, are you for real? Is this a family or is this a prison? But no, no, no. I tell you, they get one plate, one bowl, and one cup. Let me explain what this is all about. They're responsible for their plate, bowl, and cup. So instead of using every dish in the house, you know, as kids like to do, you know, every kid, they take a sip of water from a cup, one drink of water and then where does the cup go usually it goes in the sink or in the dishwasher and then when they're thirsty again because you know kids get thirsty they're going to go and get another cup so they've just used two cups what why are you using two cups you only had a drink of water from the first time man anyway so what we've done is we've given them those items a plate a bowl and a cup so they're responsible for it so this is how it works if they use their bowl for cereal in the morning and then at dinner, mom's made soup, then they have to clean their bowl from breakfast before they can have dinner. This way, mom doesn't have to clean every dish from the cupboard. And it's just another way that we teach responsibility to our kids. Because kids nowadays need some responsibility other than their schoolwork. But we, we need to teach them some responsibility about how to live in this world and that it's just not about them it's about the betterment of our family and so that's what we've done and it's worked out beautifully because mom doesn't have to worry about all the dishes that are being used and then the kids make sure that they have their plates ready for dinner okay so if just something for you guys to think about so rather than having all 100 plates because for us, in a big family like ours, when we have eight people in the family, if every kid took a cup each time they drank, we would have no cups. Our dishwasher would be full of just cups and plates and bowls. So anyway, 
But before I move to discipline, do any of you have a George who lives with you? Now, what I mean by a George is he's the unknown culprit who leaves stuff around the house all over the place. So, for instance, there's a book that's left out on the couch. So you ask all the kids, hey, who took the book out? Forgot to put it away. And they all look at you and say, I don't know. Wasn't me, Dad. That, that's not my book. And every kid says it. Not my book. Not my book. Not my book. It's somebody's book, right? Well, we just call that book George Left It There. So we have a, a George that lives with us. Do you guys have a George that's visited you lately because your kids didn't want to put something away or they, they just don't want to claim responsibility for what they've left out? I don't know. That's just something that we've done in our family. We just call him George. So if you're ever around us and you hear us say George, that's what it's all about. It's about the unknown guy who left something around the house because none of our kids did. Okay? So that's dishes. That's household chores. Great, wonderful. Everybody should have a chore to do because that's what we do as a family. We clean the house because we live in it. And it's not just one person's job. So let me talk a little bit about discipline. Okay, earlier I mentioned a house rule that we have uh, about when we take something out, we put it away. Well, I thought this would be a good spot to go over our house rules. And we found these house rules in a homeschool book by Greg Harris. And we took those rules and we adapted them for our family. There's 21 of them, and they simply remind us on how we should be conducting ourselves as a member of our family. You'll see what I mean after I read them to you. I'm going to read these to you. They're not very long, but as I go along, I'll explain a few of them and why we put them on the list, if I remember. But if you want a copy of them, just go ahead and send me an email at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dad of a dozen kids at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy to send them to you and it, go ahead you can use them for your family uh, just put your name at the top and say these are your house rules so with that being said here are the house rules that we have for our home number one it says in this house we obey the Lord Jesus Christ that's who we obey is the Lord Jesus Christ right out of the gate right number one house rule is that's who we obey Lord Jesus Christ number two in this house, we love, honor, and pray for one another. So we're looking out for each other. We're loving them, we're honoring them, and we're also praying for them. Number three, in this house, we tell the truth. We, we don't lie. You live in our home, you're going to be telling the truth. Number four, in this house, we consider one another's interest ahead of our own. So we're looking out for the betterment of the other person in our home. Number five, in this house... We speak quietly and respectfully with one another. So in other words, we're not going to be yelling and screaming at people. We're going to talk with them quietly, and we're going to respect them. Number six, it says, in this house, we do not hurt one another with unkind words or deeds. We're not going to get back at my brother because he hurt me. No, we're not going to do that because we're not going to hurt anyone with unkind words or deeds. We're not going to say things that are hurtful, okay? Seven, in this house, when someone needs correction, we correct him in love. Number eight, in this house, when someone is sorry, we forgive him. Number nine, in this house, when someone is sad, we comfort him. 
Number 10, in this house, when someone is happy, we rejoice with him. And number 11, in this house, when we have something nice, we share it. We share it. Number 12, in this house, when we have work to do, we do it without complaining. A good one there, huh? So you give your kids something to do. You know how they gripe and moan, I don't want to do it today. Why do I have to do that? I'm so sick of doing that. Well, hey, our house rule says you do it without complaining, bro. So you can bring that back in to them. Number 13, it says, in this house, we take good care of everything God has given us. It means everything that we have, we're to take care of it. We're not to leave our bicycle out in the rain. We're not supposed to uh, just throw our our TV remote on the floor for everyone to step on it. But everything that God has given us, we take care of it. Number 14, in this house, we do not create unnecessary work for others. This is a big one that we've always used with our family when when the kids never cleaned up their stuff or they they would forget. They would so I forgot to do that. Well, anyway, this one we'd always say, hey, you're creating unnecessary work for your mom because she has to always go back behind you and pick up the stuff that you should have been putting away. So you're breaking this house rule, bro. Do not create unnecessary work for others, okay? 15, in this house, when we open something, we close it. Eh, front door, we don't live in a barn. Close the front door, right? Or if you open up a cupboard door, close it. Especially ones that are low, you don't want to hit your knee on an open cupboard or even your head on one of those those taller ones, man. Close the cupboard doors and the front door too, please. And number 16, it says, in this house, when we turn something on, we turn it off. How many times have you had a family member or a kid go and turn the TV on or and they just walk away from it and it's just still on or a radio for that matter? They want to listen to some music, and so they turn it on the radio, and and it's blaring in their bedroom, but they're outside playing with their neighbor friend, but the music's still going on upstairs. Hello, waste of energy. Turn off the thing when you turn it. If you turn it on, turn it off. Number 17, in this house, when we take something out, we put it away. Like I mentioned earlier, if you take it out, you put it back. Pretty self-explanatory. Number 18, in this house, when we make a mess, we clean it up. So if you spill a cup of coffee on the floor, you just don't go, eh, the maid will get to it, I, a.k.a. mom. No, we don't do that. When we make a mess, we clean it up, whatever it happens to be. You clean it up. You are the one that made the mess, so you clean it up. Number 19, in this house, when we do not know what to do, we ask. And you know, if you don't know what you're doing, Please ask us because we'd rather tell you than come back by later and you go, what are you doing? Why are you still sitting there? I don't know. I didn't know what to do. Well, ask. Hello, ask somebody, man. <laughs> That's how you learn by asking if you don't know the answer, right? Number 20, in this house, when we go out, we act as if we were in this house. So basically, what this rule is telling us is, and our kids, uh, I all I follow I try to follow these rules as well so does my wife because it's important. But anyway, when we go out, we act as if we were in this house, which means these house rules don't just apply when you're at home. They apply when you go to your next-door neighbor. They apply when you go to the grocery store. They apply when you go to church. They apply wherever you happen to go. 
they go with you. Aren't these some good house rules that you would love to have in your home? Maybe with having some house rules posted on your refrigerator, in your dining room, and just direct your kids to it or your husband to it or your wife to it and say, um, excuse me, this is what we've agreed on. This is how we were going to live our life in, as a Smith or a, a Johnson. Whatever your last name is, that's your house rules. But you can just point it back to them. So wherever you go, these rules apply whether you're in your home or out of your home. And then finally, 21, it says, In this house, when we disobey or forget any of these rules, we accept the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So those are our house rules that we have posted on our refrigerator. And I've written them on our whiteboard in our schoolroom just for a reminder to let our kids know that this is how you are to behave because you are part of our family. So it's not something that you look at and say, oh, you broke rule 14. Let's go to the bathroom and we're going to give you a spanking. No, it's not that at all. It's just a guideline. So that way, everyone in the family knows exactly how to behave. Okay? It's, it's really cool. Like I said, if you want a copy of it, just send me an email. I'll send it to you. And you can play with it however you want. I gave it to a pastor friend of mine one time. And uh, he ended up taking it and he redid it. And it was a lot longer than mine. But it was still good. He put a lot of Bible verses by it. And, I, you know, I thought about the same thing. I'm thinking... I went through these one day, and I was finding all the Bible verses that would uh, pertain to this. But I got to thinking, you know, it's just a little overboard. I mean, it's it's hard enough to remember all of these rules just the way that, that I that we have them written. But anyway, you can do whatever you want with these house rules, or you can just say, eh, not interested. But I think if you looked at them, you read them, it'd be something that's good for your family. So with that being said, discipline. The reason for discipline is to correct sinful or bad behavior. And ultimately, dads, hey dads out there, did you know it's your responsibility to administer it to them? Don't neglect your responsibility. You are the one that needs to administer the discipline to your children. But again, discipline is to correct a sinful behavior. And in our home, we use age-appropriate discipline. So when the kids were younger, we spanked them on the bottom. And we even slapped their hands. Because, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 22.15, it says this, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So the Bible there is teaching us that kids are going to be foolish. And it's bound up in them. They're born with this foolishness in them. And we need to correct them. And a good spank on the bottom will do that. Proverbs 23.13, excuse me, let me read this one. Proverbs 29.15 says, The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. There's the rod and rebuke give wisdom. When we discipline them, it's to get them out of the sinful behavior and it's to put them into wisdom so they live rightly. And then Proverbs twenty nine seventeen says, Correct your son and he will give you rest. 
So that's the reason why we discipline. And then Proverbs 23, 13 says, Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Now, obviously, I'm talking about when it says beat him with a rod. It's not talking about, it's, it's obviously it's talking about a spank on the bottom, okay? And it's not talking about to the head or the face area or into the arm or to the leg and, and causing bruises on, on those parts of the leg. It doesn't mean put them in an arm bar or break a finger or a toe or an arm, okay? Because that's considered child abuse. And that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches a nice little spank on the tush or a slap on the hand, and that is discipline. It's to correct a bad behavior. And that's what we've used all of our children's lives. Here's an example of, of what I did for Krista. One time, our oldest daughter, Krista, my wife and I bought this 52-inch projection television set. I mean, this thing was huge, and it was we had it in our apartment. We lived in an apartment at the time. And I think she was about two years old. And so it's new. It's all cool. And so what does Krista do? She's two years old. She doesn't really know any better, right? So she, what does she do? She walks up to the television set, and she puts her hand right on top of the TV over the television set. And I look at her and say, hey, Krista, no, honey, you can't do that. No touching. So and then you, obviously your first time, you pick her up, move her away. Don't do that anymore, Krista. Okay, don't do it. Well, then she goes over and She's a kid, come on. And so she puts her hand back on the on the TV. I'm thinking, okay, now I got to do something about this. So I pulled her back away, and I said, no touch. So she does it a third time. Now I said, okay, now it's time to do something different. So she touches it again, and I tapped her hand. I tapped it and said, no touch. Well, then here comes the fourth time. Guess what she does? She looks at Dad, and she sticks out her hand. And she touches the TV. Like, what are you going to do now, Dad? At two years old. She's two years old, and she's doing this to me. What? Seriously? So she puts her hand back on the TV and looks, back, looks at me. And I said, okay, you didn't get it the first time, so the second time. Then I swatted her hand again a little harder, and she started to cry. And I said, no touch. And I hugged her. Obviously, I hugged her. Every time I've disciplined any of my children, I've always told them why I did it, what the reason for it, and that I loved them. And I, I hugged them, and I said, I love you. I'm just trying to make sure that you don't do this again because it's not the way that you're supposed to behave. That's what I've always done with my kids. And obviously, I've there's been times that I've been so angry that I've probably discipline them a little harsher than I should have, but I've always apologized. I've always apologized to him. But back to the Krista story. She finally finished crying. She's doing something, playing some toys, and then finally she comes back out to the living room, and then she looks at the TV. She looks back at me, and all I had to do was give her that look and say, no. And guess what? She didn't do it. Didn't do it. Didn't hurt her. Didn't kill her. Didn't leave a mark. It was just a slap on the hand that got her attention for her to know not to do that. Dad said, no, that is not for you to touch. And we did the same thing when we go over to other people's homes and they had valuables on the table. All I'd have to do is look at Krista when she'd reach for it and I'd say, no, 
and she wouldn't touch it. All because of the slap on the hand, just a small little slap on the hand that caused a little pain, but she knew not to touch it. Because it, nothing drives me crazier than going over to somebody's house and you have a you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old and you watch them pick up all of their little trinkets off of the table and put it up high I, I don't know why it just drives me nuts I'm going to your house there's no reason for you to move that stuff my kids aren't going to touch it and I will make sure they don't touch it and so if I ever come over with my little guys just leave your stuff down on the on the table they won't touch it I promise and if they break it I'll fix it but anyway, that's that's kind of an example that you just give them a little bit of a, a pain on the hand or the bottom, and usually that corrects the behavior. Okay? Now, when it comes to older kids, that was a kid who's two, three, four years old. But now when they get older, when they become teenagers, what do you do with them? Huh? What do you do with them? Well, I start taking away privileges because when they get older, the teenagers... Obviously, they, they have more privileges around the house. And so what I start doing is my wife and I, we start taking things away. They want to go to a movie? I think not. No, no, no movies. Electronics, you want to play electronics? <laughs> You're not playing any electronics. Sorry, dude. You are being disciplined. How about going outside? They want to go outside? Mm, sorry, not happening. How about a cell phone? If they have one. <laughs> <laughs> a cell phone please I'm going to take that sucker away right now because you don't deserve it because you're being a turkey fish or you're not listening to mom and dad so you don't get the cell phone you don't get all these these perks and when it comes to cell phone cell phones you know <clears throat> my wife and I have only allowed our children to get a cell phone when they've had a job and they have to buy their own cell phone and they have to pay for the service and when they do buy the phone and their service, then we obviously set limits on the, on the usage of that phone. And guess what? This is the coolest part. Mom and dad have access to that phone at any time. Because we can now, because we want to monitor who they're texting and where they're surfing. So that comes with living in our home and them getting a cell phone. All I have to do is say, okay, I'll use Samantha for an example. Hey, Samantha, can I see your phone? And she says, sure, Dad. She gives it over. Rachel, she's got a cell phone too. And I says, hey, Ray, can I see your phone? Sure. So what is that? What do I do? <laughs> I go to her texts, all of her messaging, and I read them all. I see who she's texting and what the texts are about. And if there's anything inappropriate about him, then I, I bring it up to her attention. I say, what's this all about? Well, you know we don't talk like this. What is this? What is this? What are, you, what, what are you doing? That's called being a leader. That's called being a dad. That's called being a parent. We need to know who our kids are hanging with, what they're talking about, and we also need to know what they're watching on their phone because that phone is a little mini computer, Right? So anyway, that what we do, we just start taking away privileges and the cell phones are, I don't know, I just, they're an evil, they're an evil and they just need to be monitored on how they, how they use it. And then obviously when it comes to Facebook, <laughs> uh, Facebook, in my home, they don't get a Facebook page until they're 18. 
that's when they get a, a Facebook page if they want one. Because I have uh, our son Andrew who's out of the house now and he's almost 20 and he still doesn't have a Facebook page. He goes, Dad, I, what do I need a Facebook page for? All that stuff on there is fake anyway. All these people put all this stuff that they do and it's not even real sometimes. Anyway, that's just what my kids my kids think. But anyway, uh, that's what we do. We just take away we take away their privileges and sometimes before they go outside we always say say they want to go outside and they haven't done their chore uh, I have to back up to the chore one but if say they don't want to go do their chore I'll always say A before B now that's not something I came up with that came up with something with uh, Dr. Kevin Lehman and he's a, a child psychologist and really good he writes a lot of good books about family and how to train your children all biblical, of course. And he has this called A before B. So if a kid wants to go outside and he says, hey, Dad, can I go outside? And you know he hasn't done his room, you say A before B. And so then that means he has to do something before he can go outside because you're not going to do that before A is done. And so then he goes upstairs and makes his bed and he says, hey, Dad, my bed's made now. Can I go outside? Sure. No problem. But this is the fun part. This is the fun part. You have kids that come to you and say, hey, Dad, can I do A? Or can I go somewhere? Can I do this? Can I do that? And you go, uh, A's not done. And they're looking at you like, what? What do you mean A's not done? I did everything. Well, you don't, you as a dad, you don't tell them what A is. They have to figure it out. So then it's funny to watch them because you'll be sitting on the couch and they're, you, it's funny to watch them. It's so great. They walk through the entire house and they pick up everything in the house hoping that that's the A so they can go and do B. Well, then they come to you and say, hey, I've done all my, my stuff. Dad, can I go outside now or do whatever? And you go, hmm, A's not done. And they're looking at you like, what are you talking about? I just did everything. You're telling me A's not done? And I go, why is your shoes still in the bathroom? Oh, my goodness. So then they go to the bathroom, take their shoes, and they put them away, and I say, okay, now you can go do B. So A before B. That's I missed that when we were going through the chores. But A before B by Dr. Kevin Lehman. Great tool to use with your kids. You should give it a try sometime. If you want, just give it a shot. A before B. A before B. A couple other things I just wanted to, some other resources that we've uh, used with our family. Not really come to discipline or or chores, but is this just some things that we've done, that we have actually. Do you guys like foul language? Because I don't. I don't like when people cuss, when they swear, and when they use inappropriate language, especially when you're watching a movie, okay? But anyway, we have this thing called the TVG, and that stands for the TV Guardian, and it's a foul language filter. And if this is the first time you've heard it, what you should do is go to tvguardian.com. That's tvguardian.com, and it will describe for you what they do, and then you can buy their their filter. And usually it runs about ninety bucks, but you can buy it through their their website. But what it does is it hooks up to your DVD player, and what this little device does is it reads the closed caption of the movie, and when an inappropriate word comes up. It mutes the audio, so that way you don't hear the word. And it only works, though, on closed-caption DVDs. And there's some um, 
folks out there like Universal and other companies, and they don't use CC video uh, videos, so it won't work. It's got to be a closed caption DVD in order for this to work. But it's been really helpful in keeping the inappropriate language out of our home. And, you know, you'll be surprised how many words are in a PG and some G movies nowadays. It's crazy. You know, talking about language, one of the shows that I really enjoyed when I was growing up was Back to the Future. And I don't know about you guys, if you guys liked Back to the Future or not, but I really enjoyed Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox. Oh, man, I wanted to be like Michael J. Fox. But anyway, that was rated PG back then in the 80s. And you know how many words there are? I was going to watch it with my kids one day, but I said, you know what, I'm going to preview it first. And I watched it, and I could not believe the type of language that was in that movie. So that was a show that I haven't shown, that I have not shown my kids yet because of the language that's out there. And it's made by Universal, so it doesn't work for the TVG. But anyway, you know, I wish they would have a TVG for people. Because there's nothing worse, than, more annoying than talking to someone and every other word's a cuss word that comes out of their mouth. It's kind of embarrassing when you're with your wife and someone's that you know is talking to you and all they ever do is cuss. I mean, come on, grow up. You're more educated than that. Stop using that kind of language. Especially when you got kids around. Uh, it drives me nuts when someone that's older that uses that type of language. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But anyway... TV Guardian, go to the website, and if you wanted to, buy it for about 90 bucks, and uh, you'll, you should enjoy it, because I've been using that for, I don't know, last 15, 20 years. And there's also one more resource, be, resource before I leave that we use, and that's uh, Focus on the Families Plugged In. You can, go, you can find that at PluggedIn.com, and this is where we go to find out if movies are appropriate to watch. And on this website, they review movies, they review uh, TV shows, music, video games even, and even books. Uh, not all the books that are out there, but certain books, some of the popular series, they will read them and they'll rate them and talk about them. But it, it, it gives you a different perspective on the movie. And here's some of the, the elements that they talk about in their reviews. Uh, one of them is uh, positive elements. What's good about the movie? Uh, their spiritual elements, whether it's good or bad, spiritual, spiritual, it's it's in there. They tell you what it's a, a, what it's about. Uh, sexual content, it tells you what kind of sexual contents in the movie, because you know that can be important for you if you're wanting to watch a movie. You don't want that your kids to see that kind of stuff. Uh, violent content tells you about that. How about crude and profane language? It tells you how many words of each are in this in this movie. So then you can make a guess, an educated guess on your family and say, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not liking it. I'm not going to watch this show. Or you could get the movie. You and your wife or husband can watch the show together, and then you can make the determination on whether or not that's appropriate for your kids. Uh, then they, have, they talk about drug and alcohol use, uh, other negative elements of the movie, and then they give you a conclusion of the show and how they would rate it for family content, whether it's family related, family, it's good for families, and it's kind of so-so for families, or if it's just, mm, it's not a family show. So those are just some of the resources, TVG, plugged in, and then a little bit about uh, discipline and 
some household chores. Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. All right, well, thanks again for listening. And I'm going to leave you with, with this from Dr. Kevin Lehman. Want to empower your children? Give them responsibility.